This podcast and following message are brought to you by The Sharing. Discover what it's like to be part of something larger than yourself, something big, something important. Located in sunny Santa Barbara, The Sharing is committed to family, virtue, righteousness, and brotherhood and sisterhood. Join now as a member of The Outer Sharing for the chance to become one of the special chosen few, a full member of The Inner Sharing. The Sharing, you will be a part. You will be different. Okay, and we're back. We're back. Welcome to the Spoiler Zone. Welcome to the Spoiler Zone. Thank you, Diana. You're welcome. Uh, do you have anything to add about the passage in the context of the series as a whole? Well, did you want to talk about how Visitor 3 actually dies? Well, I think he is captured, so he's not actually, like, killed. Mm-hmm. Axe never does kill Esplen 9466. Yeah, but I also think that Axe sort of becomes less... Yeah, he becomes a lot less concerned with that. He's like less by the books. Which I also think is interesting that this passage is really laying it out as something that he's required to do. Mm -hmm. And not something that he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Because I sort of think that as he gets farther away from Andalite customs, it's going to be less about killing Visser 3 because I have to kill Visser 3. And more about stopping the Yerks from taking yeah. over the human world because yeah. that's morally wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. No, I think that's an interesting evolution of Axe's character. Yeah, and in I fact, think I think he's even... at the beginning of it here, right? Because he has tried and failed to kill Visser 3. Right. And he's, you know, is not super like, well, now I have to just go try again. You know, yeah, exactly. Well, and I think a big part of that is that um, we didn't really talk about this in part A, but the fact that the Animorph showed up meant that Tobias basically broke his promise to Axe about not telling anybody, mm-hmm. so that they could then help him. Um, which you know sounds like it was surprising for Axe. Well, it, yeah, Tobias was like, "Oh, if Jake orders me to." I can break my promise. Just like, yeah, but he didn't tell Axe he was going to do that. Right, yeah. Um. But but anyway, so I think we're even starting to see this shift in Axe's loyalty mm-hmm. to just, like, his, his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, I was trying to remember, like, in later Axe books, which, of course, are infrequent, lamentably infrequent, um, I think he, I mean, I think he does kind of mention that this is a custom, but he's not as like on right. it as he is in this book. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple, I think a couple times he is sort of face to face with Visser 3 and tries to kill him, but mm-hmm. they never does. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to talk about mm-hmm. is, um, the destroy is a weasel word monologue from Rachel's book in the David trilogy. Like that was kind of what I was thinking oh. about when I was thinking about the, yes, how access avenge my brother's death. Because she is, because Rachel in that, I'm She's, just trying to remember, but Rachel in that monologue is saying like, 
people say destroy to like get away from the reality of what it mm-hmm. is to kill somebody, but like I'm going to kill David. David. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, Rachel. Rachel is hardcore. I don't think any other Animorph would have a monologue like that. <laughs> I mean, that's what makes Rachel and also all the other Animorphs so awesome. Um, but that was what I was thinking about when I was looking at how the distinction was not really drawn, but there. Yeah, but I also think you're right in what you were saying before that Axe isn't in that paragraph that we did the close reading of, I don't think Axe is considering the fact that he needs to kill Visser 3. Right. I think it's he's not saying, until... It's not until the following line when he says, yeah. I have to kill Visser 3. But in in the passage that we just read, I think he's just kind of going through in his mind the abstract concept mm-hmm. of Andalite justice. Yeah. It, yeah, he's using it as a weasel word. He doesn't know he is, but... well. He is. Yeah, I mean, sure. I guess I, I wouldn't have put it that deliberately. I was just thinking, like, he's just kind of going through the logic. Like, mm-hmm. all right, Visitor 3 killed Elfengor. So I'm the person that's like, I don't know what the tradition is, but maybe it's next of kin. Like, uh, eldest brother, seems like. I'm the eldest brother. Now so the then, eldest. I mean, it doesn't matter either way. He's, yeah, he's the only brother. Um, I'm the next in line, or, or I'm the eldest brother. So. Now I'm going to inherit this thing where I need to avenge his death. Oh, I guess that means I need to kill Mr. Three. Not that he's literally Mm -hmm. not realizing before that, but I think he's just kind of walking through the sort of thought process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you have anything else you want to say about the passage in the context of the series as a whole? I don't think so. Did you? Um, no. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Uh, well, I guess this passage sort of called to mind what I wanted to talk about, which is Alaran. Yeah. Yes. So this is like the first time we see Alaran, Alaran, and we only see him like a couple more times, mm-hmm. right? We see him in the Andalite Chronicles, the Hork-Bajir Chronicles, and the last book. So it's interesting to see how he goes through that and like how you can see how being controlled by an evil slug has changed him. Can you jog my memory? Yeah. So like in the Hork-Bajir Chronicles and kind of in the Enlight Chronicles, well, I guess mainly in the Hork-Bajir Chronicles, he's very, uh, assertive. Um, He's the one who, like, uh, carried out the plan to basically just kill the Hork-Bajir mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with biological warfare to prevent them from becoming hosts. Right. And then um, in the Analyte Chronicles, he's, like, the somewhat disgraced ex-leader of that operation. So in the first, in the Hork-Bajir Chronicles, he's, like, this really... Uh, like strong and confident and proud war leader. And the Analyte Chronicles, he's like a salty veteran who's like, oh, you like you don't know the things that I've done right. or the things that are necessary to do in war. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like Jake at the end of the Animorph series, right? Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, and now here he is just sort of begging for uh, death. I guess part of it is a rattlesnake poison. Right. I mean, it's 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 sort of a... But here we don't know any of that, which is really cool. Yeah, I was going to say that's interesting because it's kind of like you're going, not backwards, but kind of backwards. Like yeah. you were only seeing him at the end of that. Yeah. Um, but he has, I mean, he's seen a lot. And he, this point that we see him at in this book is kind of, it's at a point where it it really seems like it would be better if he was just dead. Yeah. To him. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's interesting because the sort of begging for death thing um is often a is often something that a character does when they're thinking to themselves, this experience is so painful for me that I would rather be dead than experience this. But for him, and he has so much experience, um, like making tough decisions. I like, I really think for him, it's not about how, I mean, it's obviously extremely awful to be a host for a year, but I think it's also like, I know how valuable it is to have an Andalite host and I do not want them to have that, mm -hmm. you know? So you just got to kill me so that they can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I mean, the same decision he made in the Hork-Bashir Chronicles. Right. And Axe made the opposite choice in this book. Right, right, exactly. Like individual life yeah. versus the sort of like a greater so, societal effect, yeah. And so Alaran understands that because he carried the weight of that decision for like the rest of his career. Mm. So not, So I guess you could see how he could understand the opposite side because mm -hmm. he's... He's a really good. He's a really good character. He's he's great. I wish we had more of him. Yeah, I cannot wait till we get to the the chronicles. Mm -hmm. Did you want to talk about the Axe Tobias relationship? Oh yeah. So we so so we have Axe saying that Tobias is his shorm. Mm -hmm. And this is oh we didn't even really talk about this, but over the course of the book, he's like, can a human even be a shorm? Shorm, of course, meaning tail blade. And so he's kind of struggling with that. And he asks Tobias if they're friends. And Tobias is like, yeah, of course. And then by the end of the book, he's like, yeah, Tobias is my shorm. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was really, which, you know, it always gets me. I also just like that concept in general. But then, of course, you know, later we find out that they're uncle and nephew. Yes, uncle and nephew. Which, you know, makes sense why Tobias would swear on Prince Alfangar. Yeah, because yeah, that was cool. It's his father. Uh, <laughs> and also all the rest of his family are complete trash. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean he's not gonna swear on yeah anyone else. Yeah. Um But yeah it's kind of nice because I haven't I haven't read I haven't read this book other than when I read through the whole series. And so this is my first time reading this book and knowing kind of the outcome of the series. Mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of nice that 
Axe and Tobias have this ongoing relationship, especially in this book where you have the repeated scenes of Axe doing the morning ritual and Tobias watching him. And it just starts to feel very familiar Mm -hmm. Um, in a similar way to what we see with like Rachel Tobias. Right. It's like when Rachel's mad, she goes and flies and goes to see Tobias. It's the same kind of you see it in a repetitive way. And so you you like really understand that like this is a this is a routine that they have together. Because we're reading the books at intervals, but they're living their life every single day. Yeah, yeah. So, so the fact that we see it happen every day in this book makes it clear that it's happening every day, like for years. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's, yeah. that's one of the things that I like a lot about the sort of repeated, um, like repeating the same scene. Um, yeah. Did you have other thoughts about the Tobias Axe relationship? Um, you know, I feel like we'd benefit from Tobias's perspective on it, but I mean, again, it's so unfortunate that both the Tobias and X perspective are limited. Yeah, no, that is unfortunate. And I was going to say, yeah, I would have even loved to have a parallel Tobias book. That's just all the events of this book from Tobias's perspective. Mm-hmm. Cause he's there for like so much of it. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I'm really curious, like we were talking about earlier about the whole, um, becoming human again concept. And, you know, at, at the same time that Axe is thinking about it, is Tobias actually thinking about it? Because we don't have Tobias's mm-hmm. perspective at this time in the series. We only have it a few books ago and a few books in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if Tobias at this point thinks of Axe as his shorm. I mean, does Tobias think of anyone as his shorm? The thing is, Tobias is pretty popular because he also has Rachel. Yeah. And... I don't know. His woodland friends, perhaps. <laughs> Dinner. <laughs> yeah. Um, that other hawk mm-hmm. that well, lives in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's gone now. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't think anything came of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had Tobias's perspective in the first book when he met Elfengor mm-hmm. and felt like there was kind of a connection between them yeah and so i would imagine that he would have also felt that with axe especially in this book as they're kind of developing their relationship yeah that's a good point uh so completely off topic how does axe speak english why does this human morph speak english does axe know all languages Hmm. You're saying as opposed to a different human language? Yeah. Like So when you morph, you know, it's not in your DNA what language you speak. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, that's just how you're raised. Thought speak is like independent of like spoken language, right? So you can thought speak to someone who doesn't know any other languages or doesn't share your same spoken language. Um. How does Axe, like, physically speak English? Did he, like, learn it really fast, maybe? No, no. I think it's the same way, like, when Cassie morphed a whale, Mm -hmm. she was capable of talking to the whale in whale speak, which was different from thought speak. Right. Right. Whales are weird. 
Whales are weird. We don't need to get into that whole thing again. <laughs> However, um, I think that... And, like, later they morph... Not to open this whole can of worms, but they do morph ants. And I think that ants... When they morph ants, they're capable of communicating with each other in the ant way, not just in the thought speak way. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of the whole thing, right? Is that they get yeah. sucked up into ant ant thinking. Um, so I would guess that, and I think the mechanism for all of this is kind of tied up in the morphing cube like the morphing cube seems to come with the ability to thought speak which is why mm-hmm. the animorphs can only thought speak when they're in morph right right um so i think it is kind of all part of the same technology but probably what happens is does it also give you the ability to know every language yeah i think it would that's pretty sweet do now the other animorphs know every language? Well, only when, only if they're morphing another human. Interesting. Just like if they morphed, which okay. I guess we haven't seen them morph a human so far, but if they morphed another human, they would be able to thought speak well in that morph, right? I think so. I, think I mean, in this th- book, there's a contradiction because Axe is like, no, I can't thought speak because I'm in human morph, but that, that makes no sense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you you can thought speak when you're in morph, even if you're morphing a human. Yeah. So it stands to reason then that you should also be able to speak any language when you're a human. Just like Cassie can speak talk whale when whales. she's a whale. And they can talk to ants when they're ants. Yeah, it's hard to square that with uh, anything. but Well, they might not know that. No, I, I know I'm saying, I'm just trying to think about how that would occur. Thoughts make like instantly transferring all spoken languages to you. Well, okay. Like so, f- you know my theory about thought speak. It's basically like a translator yeah. service. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's just in its database of all the languages that it has. It also has like English, Korean, German, Swahili, Yerk, you know, all of them. Yerk, Bajir. Yerk. Hork, Bajir, all whale, all the languages, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I also think that when you are in morph, you don't have to like scroll through a Rolodex of all the languages you want to use. Right. You just thought speak. You just, well, or you just do it. Like when Cassie's the whale, she uses whale speak, you know. But I don't think she had a little menu come up and she had to, like, click the up arrow until she got to whale and then use a whale. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, so I think a lot of this is perceived as, like, automatic to the user of the morphing technology. I see. Okay. So while they're in any morph, they could speak, like, Yerk. Well, probably not just because their physiology wouldn't. Right, or like hork bajir or, or do they have to morph hork bajir to speak hork bajir Which is a little weird when you think about the difference between DNA and, like, learned behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's, like, a pretty thorny problem. I don't know, dude. That's all I got. It, no, I mean, it, that was a valiant effort. Uh, I never thought about that. That was a good question. Um, do you have any other thing? We can talk about moral problems, but... 
We do not have time for that. No, yeah, let's just call it. There will be plenty of opportunities. To I, want I think we'll have better books to talk about moral problems uh, later. Yeah. So, so should we wrap up the episode? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, let's wrap it up. All right. So that concludes the spoiler zone of our show. So thanks for listening. You can contact us at sulpniarpool at gmail.com. That's S-U-L-P-N-I-A-R pool at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website, sulpniarpool.com. You can also tweet at us through at sulpniarpool. Again, that's S-U-L-P-N-I-A-R pool. Facebook, Tumblr, and Reddit links are also on the website, and we maintain a Spotify playlist with all the songs that we've mentioned on the show so far, which you can find on our website for some 90s nostalgia. So long, and until next time, these humans are my people now. And with all due respect to the law and to you, I won't let the humans be destroyed as the Hork-Bajir were destroyed, not while I live. That was a good one. Yeah, that was, I mean, you know, that was a good one. Okay, bye everyone. <laughs>